you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dear Alice. We are going to be talking about working vintage pieces into your home, or heirloom, I guess we could call it if we want to be fancy. Um, There is... There's a movement, I feel, um, uh, I think especially amongst design-minded people, those of you tuning in, you know you know yourselves where you love a good piece that's just not available in the world today. And so when you meet it and you find it, you're like, oh, hello, rare, ju- rare jewel. Like Build in the truck. <laughs> like you're going like oh. to make my room sing, right? Because mm-hmm. they just, I mean, A, like they just don't make them like they used to, right? The craftsmanship that would go into a single piece that's made by hand as opposed to the things that are machined today and some of the efficiencies. So some of these things are just incredible if you know the right places to shop, right? And you know what you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. I took a trip to Palm Springs earlier this year and was so inspired by so many of the shops I went to. I was mad that I took an airplane to Palm Springs because I wish I had like a great big moving truck with me instead. There are so many gorgeous silhouettes and things that, you know, maybe you've seen in a book before or maybe you've never seen before in your life and they don't make it anymore. And I was like, this is the stuff, you know, design projects are made of. And then when they ask you for your resources, you're like, sorry, vintage. And they're like, no, I can never have it. And you're like, that's right. That's right. It's just this lucky client has it and that's all. So it's just got this real sort of hashtag original, you know, factor to it. So um, there's some really incredible things about being able to find something unique, something vintage in the world. Maybe it's something that you've inherited um, from your grandma. Um, Suzanne, speaking of which, you've inherited all your grandmother's favorite earrings and rings and whatnot. And there's just like nothing like it, right? Yeah. 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 And you're just like such an original person when you get to wear these things and when you get to have that in your home it just means so much so there's a lot of really cool things that can be had and so we just wanted to sort of take this podcast to talk about it and how to talk about how to work these things into your home whether it's whether or not it's for you um I don't know but I think that that there's a lot to be admired about a vintage piece yep and I think people know if you're drawn to antiques people know if you're drawn to you know, something of the past, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's traditional design or it's that funky, you know, modern piece from the fifties or sixties, um, you have a style, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, but there's definitely an art and a balance to pulling that into a space yeah. and having it look, look stylish and having it look like you versus having a million of those and having it kind of more, look more like a yard sale. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a term that's broadly used eclectic, you know, and I think that there's a fine line of being like eclectic and curated versus it just being a hodge, hodgepodge mess. Yeah, for and sure. So, but one yeah. of my favorite moments when we go to market, um, there is a, a store that sets up amongst all of these amazing host, wholesale shops that we go to um, and it's called um, 214 Modern. Mm-hmm. And you can follow them actually on Instagram. So that is a hot tip, everybody. (laughs) Those of you within the sound of my voice, you should um, tune into them. 
Um, because they sell, they're, they're people that are professionals at this and they know what they're looking for. And so if we have time when we're at market, we'll go hit up two and four modern and we always bring home something. Yeah. A little Prezi for ourselves. Um, I rescued a candy dish, um, that was Italian 1960s hand blown glass. It's pink and crackly. And it's like one of my favorite things. In fact, we've been working, um, Corey and I to have it recreated so that we can offer it because it's just this original piece, but it's so incredible. And we've actually, we've done it and yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's going to be available in another month or two, um, at Alice Lane, but it's just so inspiring. One of my other favorite things is when we go to Hable sisters, a hickory chair, they also shop two and four modern and they will, they will have vintage pieces um, that are accessorizing their brand new furniture collection. And the whole thing is so artful mm-hmm. and their eye is really fine tuned and it gives it sort of a funk and an original factor, even though you can get their pieces made, um, they can, they're programmed and so you can reproduce them. Just having a few vintage pieces, um, accessories usually, like a chandelier or um, a lamp or art. Artwork. Oh my gosh, the, the lamps are so rad. Yeah. Those are the ones we need to recreate. Honest <laughs> to goodness. Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, so I think it can add like a real flair to your style and um, give you a really original point of view if you kind of know how to do it. So that's what we want to talk about on today's podcast. So Sue, you also have incredible, I feel like heirloom pieces and a, a real eye for antiquity. Mm-hmm. And you've incorporated a lot of it into your home. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to talk about kind of how you do it, where you get it? Um, <laughs> as I sound like a, you're doing a drug deal. <laughs> you know, where do you get it? How do you do it? Pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I think it's okay. So this is something fun about me that you may have not known. I grew up actually going to yard sales with my mom. Like I grew up and she, and my mom was a child of the child of the depression. And so my grandma would go, my mom would go and I would go. And I even wrote an essay about it in college about the things that we all looked for. My grandmother who was born like in the depression, she would go to the free box Mm. and she would see whatever was, because that's what happens at a yard sale. They usually have a free box. Mm -hmm. If y'all didn't know, my mom would look for things that were functional you know, like just things for the kitchen or things, mm-hmm. things like that gadgets. like gadgets and things mm-hmm. that would make a her juicer, life easier. A dehydrator. Exactly. All yeah. those things that Pope Grandma is so good at. Um, I would be looking for the, for the pretty things. The decorative the things. For the tables, for the chairs, for just like all these things. And it kind of got, you know, my young, my young self palette, you know, kind of just searching, mm-hmm. I think, for things that I was drawn to. And I know that's kind of a funny way to, to do it, but I loved going to estate sales. Mm-hmm. Those were my very favorite. And so literally my mom would, she would get a piece of paper and early Saturday morning, she would write all of them down and she'd have quadrants of our neighborhood or like area, like Northwest, Southwest. Anyway, and so we'd go around to all these and we all were looking for different things, but I was looking for the stuff that, you know, would eventually lead to what I do now. Yeah. In decorating and designing. And so... Um, so, fun. so, I mean, that's kind of where it's rooted, but I mean, now like vintage shops for mm-hmm. sure is a great spot just because they, they've already done a lot of that hard work for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so just like the 214 Modern or Salt Lake has a lot of cool vintage shops too, you can hit up, um, or just even online. If you know what you're looking for and you yeah. know what keywords to type in, um, you'll usually stumble upon things that people are just, they're 
tired of. And I think we've talked about it. I think Jen Dolan, she mentioned that's part of sustainable design. Yeah. Is just finding some of these vintage pieces and reincorporating them into your own lives. So that's one way to look for, you mentioned pieces in my house right now. Um, I don't know if we want to get into the rocker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's do talk about the rockers. Suzanne just had a newborn and so she was creating a nursery for her baby and um, as expected, she wanted to make it really artsy and, and give it a funk and an originality. Um, so she set out to create this, this brand new nursery for her new baby and there's nothing new about it really. Yeah. Talk about the baby's rocking chair. Okay. You guys, the baby's rocking chair. We sit in a lot of really great rockers at market. Oh, rocker swivel gliders. Everything has motion. Just like a smooth floaty Cadillac. (laughs) So it's like a Cadillac stings like a Beamer. Uh Um, So we sit in all these like really great ones, but I saw this image in El Decor magazine and it just had this like mustard colored paired with this, like this green, which I love paired with orange. And I'm like, oh gosh, I want that little El Decor moment. I want an interesting profile, something that looks new because our dresser was like a nice clean chagrin. And so I needed something in front of floating in front of that that had some sculpture to it. So I was actually, this was Facebook Marketplace, Mm -hmm. which is also a fun place to kind of scour if you know what you're looking for. And anyway, I found this, it's a swivel glider that was like from the 1800s. Not swivel. Oh, not swivel. Sorry. It was just a glider. Mm -hmm. It was a glider from like the late 1800s. Like it wasn't Victorian. It was this period after it was called East Lake was the period. And it was right after the Victorian when things started to clean up, but it still had some intricate carvings, uh-huh. had more carvings and some more geometry to it. So anyway, I got this rocker and I thought, oh, this is rad. I'll reupholster it. Mm-hmm. You guys, fun thing. We always tell clients when they have their, it's like, oh, we'll just reupholster this chair. Oh, we'll, we'll reupholster the sofa. I think it's still, it's a solid frame, solid oak. Uh-huh. And we 100% of the time say it will cost more to reupholster that than it will to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ate my own words <laughs> because in my mind, so if it's not sentimental or it's not a really dope frame that you just have to have mm-hmm. in the space, which this was, I'm, I still don't regret it, but I'm not going to tell you much as to cost. You should tell them. Oh gosh. Really? Don't listen, Tom Hall. I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. Um, no, he knows. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he knows. So the rocker He's rolling itself. His eyes right now. So the rocker itself, the frame, I mean, you, it was obviously upholstered when you bought it. What did yeah. you buy the rocker for? I bought it for 375 US dollars. Yeah. Which is great. Great Fantastic. value. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll just get some, this is like really beautiful gold mustard velvet called Lush. Mm-hmm. And, and so I ordered that yardage, that yardage. And again, this, rocking chair only has a seat and a back and and an outside back and then nail heads. And so we needed three yards. No big deal. No big deal. So So that was another like 300 plus. I really hope my mother's not listening to this because she'll die. Yeah. But okay. So another is, aren't you Polly? My mom always listens. So 375 then plus another like 300 300 for fabric. fabric. So we're at 675. Yep. Yep. And then I get a quote, you know, I sent them the pictures to the upholsterer. They say it's about six, $700. So anyway, so now I'm like upwards of what, 12? 1,200, 1,300 for a rocker. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool silhouette. Great. So yeah, you could buy it. You could probably buy a new one maybe for that price, but yeah, but it's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so they get it, they get it in the shop. We deliver the rocker. I have the fabric. It's straight delivered to them. Um, and then he calls me, he's just like, well, we need to redo all the padding on the arms, on the back, on all these things. It's going to cost a little bit more. I'm like, fine, just do whatever you need to do to like make it rad. Okay. You have all the things just, I'm about to have a baby. Just get it done. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, 12, gosh, 
Uh, twelve hundred. <laughs> it was about twelve hundred dollars to reupholster the thing. So now we're upwards of about two thousand, maybe two thousand plus. Maybe it was like it's one of those things where you're like fifteen hundred dollars is really more closer to the twelve fifty. So it may have even been more. I don't want to say, but anyway, I spent a great deal of money restoring this rocker, and I love it. It's beautiful. It's still a little bit painful close to home because I know what furniture costs, but. Anyway, it's one of those things that you just really have to love the piece if you're going to invest that kind of money to restore it. So just make sure that you're, when you are sifting through all these, you know, things that you're bringing home pieces that are worth redoing because 100% of the time, not 100, maybe like 90% of the time you're going to have to redo it. There's a couple things sculpturally that can stand on its own without having to mess too much with it but you are going to have to, you're going to have to reframe it. You're going to have to reupholster it. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to just like pair it with something that's really expensive to make that piece that you just bought look expensive. (laughs) And look, you know, you're going to have to get the crystal lamp. That's a little bit more funky to go on top of this antique chest to juxtapose it and make it look curated. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I want to say to everybody. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, there will be pieces in your own Eric Loom collection that you have to be really discerning. If you're like, would you buy it today? Yeah. You know, would you, would I buy that rocker today for 2000 us dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I'm not ready to say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> too, sounds, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> She's still a little sore. Yeah. Oh, it's really dope. It, it looks really, really good. Really yeah. Dope. But I mean, in that same room, we got like a rad painting of this cougar, terrible frame. Most people would be like, does that belong in a nail shop? Like it's, it could have gone really good or really bad uh-huh. depending on how you retrofitted it. Yeah. I found a really dope content concept for a curved edge frame mm-hmm. and I'm like I want to do that to do a curved edge frame that's a lot of money guys uh, yeah I just want y'all to know so and anyway I'm, point being you're gonna get these things you're gonna acquire them whether it be an heirloom or whether you pick it up because you're naturally drawn to it and just understand that like to make it look great we'll just take a couple more steps mm-hmm. which will therefore be more money so but if you love it yeah it's worth it and it will make your house look rad that's great. And it'll be part of your story. So Yeah. So when your mom tries to give you her old sofa and you think, we'll just have it reupholstered, mm-mm. you need to say to your mom, I'm so sorry, mom, I can't afford that sofa. And she'll say, but it's free. <laughs> and you're like, I cannot afford to redo it. It'd be more <laughs> affordable for me to buy a brand new sofa. Yep, with yeah. new fills. And, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And just look the other way so that you don't have to figure out how to get that sofa out of mom's house and up to an upholsterer's, buy those 20 yards of fabric and pay for labor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's an expensive game. Um, that being said, that's upholstery. But things that I think um, would be easy for you to incorporate right away would be like the funky lamps that we're talking about from Habel Sisters. I bought an incredible piece of original artwork um, that hangs over my bed. Not super affordable. <laughs> Hotel Adam Bennett. Best. The, or, <laughs> the original price. I just divulged the rocker. My, the go. original price of the painting was the same price as your rocker. Okay. Um, but <laughs> but the frame was beautiful on it, yeah. and um, actually was one of my favorite parts. But also the content, the the piece of art, I just loved, loved, loved. So um, you know, and and I think also 1960s is when it was done. The colors were perfect for my master bedroom. So. Um, yeah, I think that there has to be a love factor involved where you're just like, I remember seeing the painting for the first time and stopping in the store and being like, looking both ways and being like, 
is anybody seeing this at the same time as me? How do I get it off the wall? It's big, it's heavy. Um, I don't see a sales clerk nearby, but somebody's going to take it and I've already spotted it. And so I know if I don't take my eyes off of it, nobody will take it. Or I wanted to like put my hand on it and be like, it's mine. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> Far and away flag it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Stick a white flag on it, put a yellow sticky note on it and put sold. But like, I, it was, I was like, so like had to have this that I was nervous yeah. somebody was going to take it. That's how yeah. you should feel before you buy something that's vintage and want to spend the amount of money or, um, you know, like invest in it. Like it should really be something that's speaking to you heart and soul. Um, so so great that it already had a great frame. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know it was a piece that was, doesn't need to be touched. I didn't have to do anything that 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 was like your, I just had to stick a nail in the wall. That was all the effort I had to do besides shipping it from North Carolina. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think that a lot of like occasional pieces are what I love vintage for. So an occasional piece is, I'll define that for you really quick. It's, um, Usually a smaller piece, so not, let's talk about an occasional chair. It's not a dining chair usually. It's also not a lounge chair. It's kind of that in-between chair. It usually has some open work to it so you can see through it and around it. It doesn't fit, sit super solid. So they're like more petite pieces, I would say. Yeah, yeah, caning chairs. a lot of caning right now. That's that's a great. great thing to pull. Uh huh. From a vintage place. So they're interesting textures and techniques that we don't always see today. Um, styles that happened, you know, in days of old yes. or days gone by, but stylish. They're really stylish uh-huh. pieces. They're like the um, they're like the hats, you know, of the outfit. They're they just yeah. kind of really make an outfit. They're the hat and the gloves of mm-hmm. the outfit. Really? Um, so I think. Yeah, the occasional pieces are super important. So I love those for vintage. The little tables, spot tables, side tables, cool lamps, um, great chairs, little ottomans that are interesting in odd shapes with cool textures on them. Yeah, they're all the little pieces that you kind of tuck here and there, but aren't like the massive occasional, like massive pieces that you're actually going to be lounging on. Yeah. Your sofa. Oh, you know, it'd be cool to incorporate this vintage would be books. Ooh, yes. Like really I beautiful linen books. covered, you know, books. This one history of art book that's like big and linen cover on it that I got at a, an antique bookstore. Oh. That's like, that's a great thing. Just yeah. find subjects that you like. Antique, it's really fun to flip through them though. Cause mm-hmm. anyway, that's a good, good call, Jess. Yeah. They just don't make them like they used to. Just don't. as they say. They just don't. Yeah. Stuff like that is really fun. Um, I got these rad sconces from the Oli sale. I got a couple rad like antiques from, we had an Oli sale. If y'all are familiar with Oli. Oli Studio. Oli Studio. You should follow them on, on Instagram. Studio. Yeah, they have, they're fun because a lot of their furniture, they'll have like a, you know, historic little frame, mm-hmm. but then they reupholster it and it's white and it's just, it's a really fresh take on history and traditional. Yeah. Um, but we had this massive warehouse sale with them and the owners had had a, this warehouse full of antiques too. So ended up buying that massive rocking giraffe. Still have a home mm. for it, but I love it. Yeah. And but sconces. Mm-hmm. I grabbed those sconces that we're making like funky shades for and trying yeah. to make them a little bit more modern. So again, like just lighting. some of these like little, yeah, the lighting. Yeah, um, give vintage lighting. Yeah, but because you can always reinterpret Rewire the shade. It. Rewire yeah. it, get a rad shade made. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good little, I think, key pieces to kind of pull in that nobody's gonna have. Yeah. Love that. And and I think like, you know, Corey, you could collect like vintage vinyl. Since you're a musician. Oh, you do? do, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else vintage that you've collected that you're like, ooh, hot tip, pro tip? I mean, just music stuff like guitars, but it's like the same thing. Like a vintage, I'll I'll just give you a little lesson. So like getting in a 
like an American made bass um, by a company called Fender. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. yeah even it's idiots like me know the Fender guitar. That's like $1,500. If oh, you wow. get like a vintage one, like before Fender sold to another company in the, in the 60s, 50s or 60s, like late 50s, early 60s, like 10, 15,000 up to like 50. Like Holy it's, Moses. it's insane. It's yeah. my dream to own one one day just because mm-hmm. the wood You're settles a musician. in. Yeah. And it's yes. like kind of like a rite yeah. of passage type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Do you smell the neck? Um, no. Oh, I've, we have a friend that would be like, smell the neck on the guitar, <laughs> the wood neck. And you're like smelling it. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Like cigarettes. I don't know. I don't get, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it, but I'm also not a musician. So that's one of the things that I didn't know if maybe we should do when we're vintage shopping, smell the neck. Smell, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can know a good one by the neck smell. Oh, yeah. no. Do that with your chairs too. <laughs> <laughs> smell the leg. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not a huge like vintage person. I don't know. I just I think a little bit too much about like where things have been. I don't know. That's, uh, that's you got to get over that. I, I know. know. Can't yeah, be. We I have do. a few friends that are like that. We're just they yeah. think we're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just the style is just so pure. Well, and don't I worry. Two thousand dollars later, it can yeah, be yours. Yeah, with I know. No vintage like smell. dopeness comes with a cost. That's that's it for does. real. And I like I know I know yeah. that. So I'm just like oh, I could like oh. save myself the time and just buy something new. Yeah. Then what would you talk about on a podcast? I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Smelling next. Smelling next. We'll talk about that from now on. I love it. Um, Sue, oh, yeah. let's talk for a minute about, um, we have a client, Becky. Oh yeah. She had a chair. Tell them about that story. Yeah. Um, a client here in Salt Lake had a, this really great house um, that they built probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And it just was dated, and so we've completely re-outfitted it. But they're, they've traveled a lot. They have a lot of really cool pieces. He's super funky. Um, she had this chair. And I, anyway, it, it was sentimental. Um, it was just kind of this, like, club chair with tufting and casters on its leg and was in this in this fabric that I probably wouldn't necessarily pick right now, but she loved it. She loved it. And so we needed to incorporate this piece and kind of curate the space around it to make it make sense. And so um, the space ended up looking really cool and she loves it. She 100% loves it. And uh, I think I want to say that it was like when they were first married, they bought this chair. And so it was something that they needed that she felt she wanted to have as part of the storybook that was their home. And so anyway, you can work these pieces in and you should if it means something to you. Um, and when you have, luckily, like we had each other and so we were able to make something really great for this backdrop, for this chair, um, that again, it means something to her and that's why it was successful. Yeah, that's good. I love it. One of the things that we love to do at Alice Lane, if, if we are working some sort of antiquity, um, a family heirloom, we, um, into a scene, into a home is we love to balance that with something modern, something new. So an example of that would be maybe in an entryway, we're using an antique chest of, um, the homeowner. We'll put modern art above it and put, you know, a really beautiful lamp with it. Maybe something crystal or something that's got some transparency. If that heirloom fits, sits really solid and kind of heavy, so we like to juxtapose that piece and it flatters the piece. And also the old piece also makes that art look really, really expensive and incredible. So yeah. usually um, do the opposite of whatever that piece is with it. And you get this sort of arc digest moment. Yeah, because the chest is probably a little dry, you know, if it's old and antique and stuff. And so that crystal adds this wetness. 
Yeah. But again, just glosses it up. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so good. Speaking of dry, um, another thing that you can do with like an antique or an heirloom chest is like turn it into a bathroom vanity. You can um, get a really great remnant of marble for the top and get a sink, you know, um, countersunk into it and get some faucets layer an incredible mirror above it. Um, you can even have that piece painted. It doesn't have to stay in its original form um, for you. I think you're just trying to make it work for you and living with things that are meaningful to you. Um, so a lot of piece, people love that. Again, it's sustainable mm-hmm. to buy things that are already existing um, in the marketplace. I, I think in my opinion too, that's like it's that gives it a purpose and it makes it clever. It's not just like, it doesn't yeah. ever seem like, oh, like you're using, you know what I mean? That's like its original use, but using it for something else, it's like, oh, that was like a really clever thing to do. And it's, um, it stands out in that way too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and then it seems like, oh, I bought this for a, a purpose and yeah, yeah, it has some intent behind it. Yeah. It's not so precious. Right. I know that like, um, historically you know, clients that we work with and, and we're like, gosh, this, this wood, whatever it is, this naughty alder, you know, thing that was trending 15 years ago, it's no longer that hot. But if we painted it, your railings or your kitchen oh, or whatever, yeah, yeah, then we could give it a new life. And, and sometimes the, the husband or um, it always seems like it's a man in a relationship that really thinks it's precious because it's solid wood. Not, while he, not naughty alder. While he knocks on it and says, well, we can't paint it. It's solid wood, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you can, and you, you can reinterpret these things, whether they be antique or they only be 15 years ago. It's, I think it's great to give something a new life and to love it again. Yeah. Not just sit there and let it be a dark hole in your space. You're like, oh, I have to live with it. I inherited it. It's from my grandma. It means a lot. You're like, fantastic. She'd be so stoked if you loved it, you know? Yeah. Also, you should, I'm just going to say this is my personal opinion, but you should t- you should paint Naughty Elder. I have this horrible distaste for it because <laughs> I worked in a wood shop building doors and cabinets or whatever from like uh-huh. 2004 to oh, 2012. Na- during Naughty Elder season. Yeah, yeah. It's all, and it was, it's the worst. I think it's the worst. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, ah. Paint like it. I swear they're little spider hotels and those knots. Yeah. 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 Spider hotels. Take that home. Yeah. <laughs> Unpack that. <laughs> if you love Naughty Elder, I guess love it. But. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but um, I do think too, I like what you were saying about putting something fresh next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise everything will start to look stale. And yeah. you'll start to smell the smell that you smell when you go into an antique store. You know, yeah. bless them. You can't get that smell out. So yeah. That's, light the candle, that's get the diffusers going, and get some that's clean history. upholstery. Uh-huh. Yeah, next to it. Um, if that you want, that's look, that's what Abe Lincoln smelled like. Yeah. Let's Gross. talk about scale for a minute, yeah. like how to make it work, because um, I feel like the people of old. If you guys all picture your grandma right now, she's a lot smaller human than you are. Am I right? Yeah, I, I humans so. were smaller back then, and we preservatives have made us larger. <laughs> yes, those chicken breasts are just full <laughs> of steroids, and we're all bigger people today. Thank you. Medically modified flat fries. That's exactly so. right. So I don't know. We've just gotten bigger. I feel like as generations have come on, and I feel like the furniture back then was also smaller to scale with the size of humans that they were. So, grandma's things are just tiny, yeah. you know, and so. Today, grandma's bedside table, it's going to be kind of little. And so repurposing things that were grandma's, 
I would take grandma's kitchen table today and I would make that a side table because maybe it was 36 inches round, 40 inches round, or that's like the size of a center hall table, but we're not going to dine at it today. So know that you can use things in a different purpose than grandma used it. I think that probably is common sense to most of us. I just thought I'd give you permission. I don't know if it is though. To, a lot of people are like, this is a nightstand, so therefore it will always be a nightstand. <laughs> this is a yeah. dining ta- table, so therefore I'll always like serve that purpose. But mm-hmm. we're giving you permission to look at it in a different lens. Yeah, definitely. That's what we would do. And I know that I've said this probably a million times before, but I'll say it again. When we look at Ralph Lauren and really break down um, what he does so well, it's scale. He's using, you know, 48 inch round dining tables, if you were, or center hall tables as nightstands in a bedroom. He's just using really, really large things that scale and they look so generous and opulent. And like, you could only live this way if you had a mansion. You guys, your grandparents had dining tables and vintage stores have dining tables. And if you imagine those as nightstands, or imagine those next to your your sofa in your living room in Tiger Oak or another beautiful grain of wood today that is hard to access because it's too expensive. Those things will make you look so extraordinary. Um, and so you can look at some of those incredible wood species and repurpose them in your mind um, as tables, side tables. And that's a really good trick to use. Um, so pay attention to scale. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about how to not make it look like a garage sale. If people are interested in vintage things or have a lot of vintage things, how do we get the edit right? How do we make it artful? Oh, man. When you have, let's see, how do I break this down? Um, I think that pairing it with something fresh, right? Something new. Not everything can be vintage. Um, So I think just like making sure that um, you're combining old with new, right? Mm-hmm. You're combining different materials. But if you have a Tiffany lamp sitting on top of an antique table, sitting next to um, an old velvet tuf- tufted antique sofa, then pretty soon you're looking pretty Victorian and yeah. you ca- probably smell like mothballs at this yeah. point, right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> and so I, I think for us, at least the way that we would mix it in is we would separate the antiques. We wouldn't put all the antiques yeah. together in a living room because then it would feel so precious and stuffy and mothball-y. Yeah, and the only time that we would is if you had like a bunch of antique blue and whites. And we want to see a collection of something yes. again, but that kind of goes back to your scale. Yeah. You know, what kind of vintage things are you using? And it'll likely be the smaller accent pieces. It's not going to be your, your big pieces. Your heroes. Your heroes. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm working through right now is I have an antique rug that was like eight by 10 and it's vintage and it's, it's cool. But right now that mixed with all the other vintage pieces I have is too much. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And so I want to get this like a larger rug that still is interesting, but more unified in color that will kind of give it a base layer. Mm-hmm. And so again, one too many vintage things is not okay. It's too much of a, too much of a good thing is never a good thing. Yeah. So you do need to have something grounding. So I do think by your rug, if you have a large rug to help unify this story that you're telling and this, you know, with all these curated pieces mixed with your modern, um, the size of your rug really will matter. Mm-hmm. And the temperature of that rug and how busy that rug is, you're probably going to want to go a little bit more still on your rug and just make sure that it's really gracious in its scale mm-hmm. so that it can hold all these different opinions. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love that. And I think in general, I think new upholstery. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like get the vintage stuff in your case goods and accessories. You can get a vintage hand knotted rug. That's incredible. Um, but for the most part, I think I want to see a new sofa in that room. You want to sit in a new sofa. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Like, and I like antiques, but I do mm-hmm. not want an antique sofa. Mm-hmm. You don't want to smell that? No. no. That rocker stunk yeah. <laughs> before, I, before I threw that two G's at it. So <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Oh. Um, let's see. There has to be something that unifies the space. So like Suzanne said, like having the really big rug. I also think draperies. Yeah. That can really unify a space too, and those not being vintage. Um, so that's going to pull your, it's going to pull your ceilings up higher. It's going to make your windows look bigger, mm-hmm. and um, so it's the scale thing, right? Like we want the room to still feel gracious and large, and yeah. give it that Ralph Lauren kind of feeling um, of uh, it feeling grand. And then these antiques, I think, will shine more and feel more collectible than feeling dry and old. So flatter those with a big rug, with tall drapes, with new upholstery. And then I think you can get funky with some of those little accents. Yeah. And I I do think, again, just when we look at some of like the Vincent Wolfs and people that you, I think he's a great example of using really interesting vintage profiles. Um, If you don't follow him, they have Oh yeah, do follow Vincent. Curated collection. Mm, Yeah. But it's interesting, off his spaces, Uh majority are white. So that these profiles can, you know, kind of shine on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's so impactful. Yeah. So if you already have a dark room and already have dark floors and all those things and you bring in more antiques, it's just going to look dark. Yeah. So that's why, you know, like. You're going to have to cast to out evil my spirits. And all my art to work and all these stories I have, I had to base the plates in white. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise I think it would, would start to look really dry, really old and yucky. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think the power of just like a clean edited backdrop for all these intricate profiles mixed with your modern profiles looks so much more interesting and so much more stylish and on purpose. I love that. Like they didn't just like you actually curated all these pieces and they just weren't hand-me-downs. And I think that's, that's when it starts to look kind of like yard cell. It's just like when you're just, you don't do anything to the walls, you keep all the old stuff and you just throw it into a room. Um, I, there, there should be thought behind that and something to inspire what you're collecting. Mm, that's good. I love that. Oh, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. I hope this has been fun for you to think about. I'd love to um, see some of the vintage pieces that you guys have and that you've been working on. So um, feel free to um, share those with us in the show notes or send them into Dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. As we um, think through this, it's sustainable, it's interesting, it brings a part of our history in, and I think it makes us like really, truly original when we use stuff like that. So anyway, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 